The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Psalm 11918. All right, so let's say it one time and then let's prayerfully say it the second time. Psalm 11918 says, Open thou mine eyes. I think you've already said it in a, in a prayerful manner. Heavenly Father, um, thank you. Bow the knee. It's, it's going to be hard for some people to bow the knee, God, as we see it this morning. I pray for your strength. I pray for your help. And I pray, God, that I would move on the side and may you be honored and glorified. Help me to remember what I need to remember and to forget what I need to forget. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I went to a very prestigious store yesterday and I bought this vase. So the store is called Dollar General. And I was looking for a nice vase, and so I, I found this one. How many of you think this is a pretty vase? Okay, how many of you think it's not too pretty? Okay, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, right? I'm sorry for those who can't see it, okay, if you can't see it. But unfortunately, I have another purpose for this vase, Dr. Atkins. What do you do when you're broken? And I could just imagine, as I preached yesterday, that some of you sat in your chair and you said, how dare he speak about the love of Christ when he didn't save my loved one's life? How dare he talk about the love? Where was this love of Jesus when my parents got a divorce? Where was this love of Jesus when my dad would say, I'm coming to pick you up, and he never shows up? What do you do when you're broken? Take your Bibles with me, please, and we're going to look at brokenness. Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. 
And I got some background information, but we're just going to kind of jump into the message. This morning we'll be looking at four things. The first three will make sense, and the fourth one probably won't. First, we're going to look at the messenger of brokenness. Then we're going to look at the illustration of brokenness. Then we will look at the origin of brokenness. Where does it come from? And then we're going to look at the blessings of brokenness. Jeremiah is one of the major prophets, and it's, it's called Major Prophets because it's a long book. But throughout the prophets of the Old Testament, it's, a lot of times it's God talking to his people, and he's using these prophets and God speaks to the prophet so that the prophet could then carry the word of God to the people. And God does this with Jeremiah. And so this entire book can, can kind of be understood about God's judgment and warning and hope. But let's quickly look at the messenger of brokenness. Jeremiah, his name means whom Jehovah has appointed. In chapter 1, verse 1, he was born a priest or in the line of a priest but in chapter 1, verse 5, he is called to be a prophet. He served around as a prophet around 627 B.C. to 582 B.C. J. Vernon McGee said this about him. He said, God chose this man who had a mother's heart, a trembling voice, and tear-filled eyes to deliver a harsh message of judgment. One other author says this, he was not Jeremiah, he was not a might, as mighty a man as Elijah, he was not as eloquent as Isaiah, but one who was so timid and shrinking, yet God used him to give his message. When I began to look at Jeremiah, here's some of the things we realized. In chapter 16 of Jeremiah, chapter 1 to 4, he was forbidden to be married. He never had a convert. He was rejected by his people. He was hated. He was beaten. He was put in stocks. He was put in prison. And he was charged with being a traitor. And the more I read it, the more I understood. God used a broken man to give a broken message. In Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 1, it says, Oh, that my head were waters and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Jeremiah's own message brought him to tears. It's the same Jeremiah in chapter 20, verse 9. I wanted to resign and say, God, I don't want to serve anymore. But, but that fire inside of his bosom, he couldn't do anything but serve God. But he wanted to resign. He, he was not a strong, valiant man. He was weak but God used him to give his message. In chapter 1, verse 10, this was the message. Basically, he says this, See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and to build up and to plant. There was a message of destruction, punishment and judgment, but then a message of hope and restoration. Jeremiah was the prophet that God used to give this message. But now let's look at the example of brokenness. Jeremiah chapter 18. The Bible says in verse number one, 
the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. We recognize the message. God had a message, and he says, Jeremiah, now, could God have simply just told Jeremiah what he wanted to say? Absolutely. But God said, no, no, here's what I'm going to do, Jeremiah. You're going to go someplace, and that place is where I will give you my message. And one of the things that I grasp from that is, whenever you are where God wants you, you will hear his message for you. When you're not, you will not hear his message. Make sure you are in the place where God wants you. And so he says, God says, okay, Jeremiah, get up, and I want you to leave. And I want you to go to the potter's house, says in verse number three. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. So Jeremiah got up, because it said arise, and he started to head down to the potter's house. And he goes into the potter's house, and I could imagine the potter just doing his work, doing his thing, and here comes Jeremiah, and Jeremiah does this thing, kind of like stands right at the door. And the potter's like, can I help you? He's like, no, you can't help me. God has me here. And he watched him. And he watched his fingers. He watched his hands. He watched the clay. And he began to watch. And he began to notice. And he saw what the potter was doing with the clay. And God said, that's the message. That's the message. He says in verse number four, it says, well, verse three, then I went down to the potter's house and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So we got the message. We got the potter. He is there. We got, we got the vessel. Everything's in his place. Jeremiah is watching everything going on. He can see everything happening. And he saw this clay in the potter's hand. And God was telling Jeremiah, that clay is the nation of Israel, my people, and I formed them, I created them, I fashioned them. And Jeremiah saw a picture of what God was saying about his people. This vessel was made of clay, which is the soil found in Palestine. And I, I equated to this, the, the potter got dust or soil to make these, these parts of vessels and I think of this verse, Psalm 103, verse 13 to 14. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. We're just dust, folks. Some of you may be a little bit more rich, dust. Some of you may be a little bit bigger, dust. Smaller, dust different shades of dust, but at the end of the day, we're all dust. And that's what this vessel was made of. But then we recognize in verse number four, it says, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand 
of the potter. So now the origin of brokenness, how, how did it get broken? Well, it could have been while the potter was doing something, maybe he turned away for a second. Maybe there was a rock or a pebble inside the clay, and as he began to spin it, it caused it to break. But whatever the reason was, while the potter was doing this, it was in his hand, and the, and the pot or the vessel broke in his hand. It was marred, injured, corrupted. But I want you to notice something. Verse 4 says, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred. What's the next three words? What's the next three words, college students? In the hand. Then notice what it says, verse 6. O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this porter? said the Lord, behold, as the clay is in, what's the next three words? Although you are broken, you are never thrown away. You're right in the potter's hands. Most people look at that and they say, okay, get a garbage bin, get a trash bag, get a, get a broom, sweep it up and throw it away. Not God. It never left the potter's hands. You may not sense God's power. You may not sense God's leading. But always remember, you can sense God's presence. He never leaves us or forsakes us. And although you are broken right now, you're still in his hands. And so how, was, how did this vessel get broken? What was God trying to say? God was telling Jeremiah to let Israel know you're broken because of your sin. You're broken because of your idolatry. You're broken because you've left me. Children of Israel, you're broken. But I love you, and I want to fix you, and I want to put you back together. I want to do something new in your life, but you're broken. You know what's, you know what's the problem with some of us? We want to hide our brokenness. We don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to be authentic. So you know what ends up happening? We put on a show so that no one has to wonder if we're broken or not. And it's so amazing, I, I thought about this, it's so amazing, sometimes the person who is the life of the party is dying on the inside. And maybe you hide it by being the funny person. Maybe you hide it by being the tough guy. And that way, no one ever has to say, hey, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And you really want to say, I'm horrible. I just want to go to bed and lay down in bed all day. I don't want to do nothing. I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. I want to quit on life. I want to commit suicide. But instead, you know what you say? I'm good. You know what God says? You're broken. We're broken. The interpretation is they were broken because of their sin. Would you give me a little leeway with some application? We are broken because we sin. <laughs> sometimes we mess up and we do things that we, sometimes we do things that we have shown other people and taught other people not to do. Sometimes we're broken because we sin 
And sometimes we're broken because someone sins against us. And with an audience this size, I do not want to take for granted for one second that there are some of you in here that have been hurt by someone or someones, and you're broken. And sometimes we're broken because of trials. God allows trials in our lives. I think of Job and all that Job went through and the, and the trials. He lost his family. He lost his health. He lost his home. He lost his job. He lost everything. And sometimes the trials of life happen and we're broken. Finally, What's the blessings of brokenness? You say, preacher, you've got to be kidding me. You spoke about the love of Christ yesterday, and I didn't believe it because I don't feel like Jesus loves me. Now today you're going to talk about the blessings of being broken? Yeah. Let me give you several thoughts about the blessings of brokenness. Notice what it says back to Jeremiah 18. It says in verse 4, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make. You know, what, you know what's amazing about this story? The vessel had no say on how the potter was going to shape it. The vessel is simply in the potter's hands. I can tell you right now, there are some of you, I heard, I heard a little whimper. Brother Mullinex, I heard a little whimper, and I heard someone say, no, when I was about to break it. I said, no. Because you look at this, and you, re you, 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 thought, <laughs> you thought the greatest value that this had was it not being broken. And I'm, a, I'm here to tell you, the value of this vase, I pray you never forget this message. So the value of the vase is more broken than when it was healed. So what are the blessings of brokenness? Well, let's, let's look at a couple of these things. In Genesis, we, we, we read the story of Joseph. You can turn there if you want. Um, what I will do at this time, perfect. So I have it up on the screen. If you want to go back and study this, use this as your devotion time, encourage yourself or encourage someone, please feel free to write these down and get these, okay? I, I want to help you. I don't, I don't, don't forget me, but remember the message. Remember the word of God. So thank you for putting that up. Perfect timing. Sometimes God allows us to be broken to put us in a place of position, in, in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, and I'm just going to summarize it just for time, but Joseph was sold into slavery for his brothers, for, um, by his brothers, and Joseph was there in slavery, and he went through a whole lot of trials and testings and tribulations. You could read about it for yourself. He went through a whole lot, but it came to the point in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, where he says, but as for you, his brothers, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring it to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. If Joseph was never slave, sold into slavery, he would never be in a position to help his brothers and help his father and help his family. Sometimes God is going to break you and put you in a position that you would have never been in if you were healthy, if you were sound, 
if you were healed. Sometimes God will position us and put us certain places, and then we recognize the same Job we talk about. Job, the Bible talks about Job as an honest, upright man. In fact, the reason Job was tried is because God told Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Job was a religious man. Job prayed for his family, but here's what Job said. After all of his trials, after all of his brokenness, here's what he said in chapter 42 of Job, chapter 42, verse 5. He told God, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. He says, I was a godly man, but now I know there is a God, and he is good. On a drive, some of you from Florida, they call it Alligator Alley, down in South Florida. My dad was on his deathbed, dying of cancer, and I could remember crying out to God and crying out to God, God, you gotta, you gotta heal him, you gotta save him. My dad wasn't saved. And I could remember this young, <laughs> young people, you're still young. There was a peace of God that I had never experienced before that came over me. And I used to preach um, the, the verse that talks about the peace that passeth understanding. And for the first time in my life, I said, oh, that's what the peace is. And folks, I say this to the glory of God. I got up and I preached my dad's funeral. And he got saved three days before he passed away. I saw God. I saw, not, not physically, but I saw God show up for me. I, I saw that. Sometimes it's for God to comfort us. Why? What's the blessings of brokenness? Well, sometimes God's going to position us. Sometimes God's going to teach us about himself. And sometimes God's going to comfort us. I love this verse. I love this verse. I, I love this verse. Psalm 34, verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and save it such as be of a contrite spirit. When you were younger, because not everyone here is dating, so when you were younger and you were sleepy, you ever see a little kid, a little baby, a little toddler? You know what they do? They try to snuggle up into their parents' arms. In fact, sometimes you will see a little baby hold out their hands and start to cry, and the parent be like, okay, come. You know what the baby's saying? I want to be close to you. You know what God says? I desire in your brokenness, not, not after your brokenness, not after you're healed. He says, in your brokenness, when you have that contrite spirit, I draw nigh to you. Do you realize if you never cried, you would never see the need for a hug? I mean, we could hug each other and say hi, but you know what it is to, to hug somebody with tears running down your face and tears running down their face and getting that comfort. God wants to comfort us because of our brokenness. Sometimes God wants to humble us. You know, some of you represented here, you are the star youth person in your youth group. You know, you know all the verses. You got everything laid out. But just like Peter, Peter thought he had everything laid out, but Peter, Peter had to realize before God could use him in a great way, he had to be humbled. Luke 22, 
Then in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, another blessing, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. Maybe God is allowing you to go through something so that you can help somebody else. God strengthens us, another blessing. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 10. Paul said, I, I besought the Lord thrice that this thing might depart from me. But, he, but, but God says in verse 9, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. When you are strong and self-confident and in control of life, you rarely pray. When you're broken, you get the strength of God. Okay? God matures us. James 1, 2, and 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, and that patience have a perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Mature. I hate to say it, but it's true. The only way we're going to be matured is when we go through trials. And then lost people sees us. I think of Daniel when he was put into the lion's den. And in verse number 20 of chapter 6, it says, The king, when he came to the den, cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel and said, Daniel, is thy Lord, is thy God whom thou servest able to deliver thee? And Daniel said, O king, live forever. In other words, yes, I am alive. God delivered me. And then in verse 26 of Daniel chapter 6, he says, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God. Lost people are watching us when we go through trials because they want to see if this God that we serve is good enough for them to serve. I knew I was coming here to preach a message on brokenness. I got on the plane from Tampa to Pensacola, and I'm a bigger guy. So I like to have, if I could, I would rather have both seats. Well, I got on the plane and I recognized real quickly that I wouldn't have both seats because there was a lady seated where, like, I was A and she was B. So I sat down and I said, good afternoon, and, you know, we, we kind of struck up a conversation. Found out that she was actually, her and her husband were actually missionaries. They spent a lot of their time in Honduras. And so we just kind of, you know, brought up a conversation. So I asked her about her husband. Her name is Goldie Weaver. I make sure I get her, her husband's name right. Ed Weaver. They have three beautiful children. So I'm sitting on the plane and I'm thinking to myself, hey, I'm going to go to PCC and preach this message on brokenness. And I sit next to this lady. I sit next to Miss Goldie. And I said, what, what ha what's about your husband? You know, how's your husband or whatever? And just trying to find out. And she said, on October 14th, 1985, they were only married for 20 years. They were in Kansas, but her oldest son, Robert, and her husband, Ed, who was a missionary pilot, got into a plane from Kansas to go to Texas. They were to go to pick up another missionary and go from Texas to Honduras, while Miss Goldie stayed with her family, her, her other son and daughter, in Kansas. When they, when they took off and they were heading off, her son and her, her husband 
and they were about to land and the weather started to come in and the clouds started to cl come around the, 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 the runway and so they called for help. They called and see, to see if they get some help, but they couldn't. And on October 14, 1985, she lost her husband and her oldest son on the same day. I said, Miss Goldie, I said, how did you handle that? She said, it was very tough at first. But later on that night, she began to praise God. Later on that night, she began to thank God because she didn't really lose her husband and her son because she knew where they were. It may not look the same. Your life may not look the same. It's a different vessel. It was broken. It's mended. But he can make again another vessel. He can do something with your life. Because there is blessings and brokenness. Question, what if the pain that you're experiencing couldn't even be compared to the purpose God has for that pain? You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.